Podcasting from Northwest Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Gen Extra Podcast, a show about Generation X, movies, technology, weird news, and anything else they feel like. Join them every Monday morning. Now, here's your hosts, Dave and Joe. All right, welcome back to another episode, only this one, there is no Joe. I have somebody else here. Say hello. Hello. Amanda's back. Thank you for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, Joe was supposed to be here, but he had some uh, things going on at home and he cannot make it. Sadly, he will, uh, like I said, not be joining us for this episode. But uh, I have a temporary co host. Yeah. yeah thanks We're, for. We are Joeless, but we won't be joyless. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Did you think of that on the way out here? I thought of it right now. Okay. <laughs> You're like, what can I say? That's perfect. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so a couple things, though, uh, with uh, Amanda being on the show uh, I want to talk about is her new book that uh, officially has come out uh, called The Wordsmiths, and we will get into that here momentarily. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is uh, your trip to Birmingham. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that was rather exciting. You were over there for like a little while there, right? Yeah, about nine days. Nine days? Yeah. Man, that's like, that's out of my, like, I have like a, I don't know what you call it, like, I have like, so many days that I'm comfortable with being away from home. We go on vacation, four or five days, perfect. Seven days is getting a little long for me. So how, what, like, how was it like being gone that long? It was actually great. I normally am like that. I normally hit a point in a vacation where I'm ready to go home, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel that way there. I was very comfortable there. I liked it there quite a bit. It was actually hard to leave. Yeah, I do want to hear all about that. Yeah. It's a reason or why you went. To, I know why, but maybe not everybody listening knows why you went. I might not. Uh, and I want to hear about some like cultural differences from, you know, here to there. Yeah. And then to, uh, to end the show, uh, I want to do a fun game with you as far as, uh, English, well, American English versus British English. And there are so many different things that they say and we say that mean the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I want to see if you know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> see how much uh, other lingo you picked up over there. Pop quiz. Yeah, and I thought for fun, maybe just for a couple, not for everyone. I'm going to see if you can use it in a sentence in a British accent. Oh, no, I can't do an accent. I'll tell you right now. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Shut it down. <laughs> that could be the funnest part, though. <laughs> yeah, when Joe and I were talking about doing that, we were laughing, too, because I'm like, my, like, anytime I try and do a British accent, it, it comes out like, a mixture of you know Australian and uh, like other like it never it never sounds legit. No, mine's that southern. I always go southern. That's the only one I can do. Yeah, yeah. So that's an easy one for us. Yeah, though. it is it's close to home. It is. Yeah, we're like the, It's like the Appalachian cousin. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, so, but before we get started into the book, I do have one question. I guess not a question, but more of a. I'm interested to hear uh, what happened. I know a lot of people listening to the show. Uh, follow you on Facebook or, or you know other social media. Um, you got attacked by a dog. I did. I did. You want to talk about this? I sure will. Okay. All right. I didn't know yeah. if it was going to be you know too touchy. You know PTSD. Nope. You know nope. reliving this moment, but uh, kind of walk, walk us through it because it sounded like it was like everyone's worst nightmare on on a 
a, a stroll down a, a bike trail. Yep. And otherwise, so many people do. Christine Day. Yeah. You yeah. Know. So what happened? So a friend of mine and I were walking my dog. I have a, a husky um, on a bike trail. We walk all the time um, near the Oil City Marina. And um, a dog came from one of the houses that has the backyard up to the up to the bike trail. Oh, okay. Um, just came at us. And the owner followed the dog down, um, but really was no help. Uh, just she followed the dog around and kept saying, I, I don't know what to do. Like, Pick your dog up. Because the dog was immediately aggressive and I mm. think kept coming at me because I had my dog. And my dog is not a guard dog whatsoever. She um, hid behind me, actually. My 60 oh, okay. dog was no help. That sounds like what my dog would probably do. <laughs> right behind my legs. Um, but this dog was injured, and you could tell that the injury had, had healed improperly. So I, th- I can't blame the dog for this attack. I think that dog was a very mistreated dog that didn't know how to act and just had gotten loose and, and came at us. And for probably 20 minutes, it, it felt like three hours. I'll bet. The dog lunged several times at me, um, bit me on my elbow punctured it, um, bit me on my hip and punctured. Um, and then I also had, um, scrape wounds across my thighs where I must've turned and it tried to bite. The scariest one was that it tried to bite my face and I pulled back when it lunged and its teeth crashed into my teeth and it broke my bottom tooth. That's horrifying. Uh, The dentist fixed it. You can't even tell. It's amazing what what the dentist did. But, um, yeah, that was the scary one. That was the one that when I would have, um, nightmares, yeah, I was you gonna know, say this had to thing. just haunt you for weeks, yes. probably. Yep, and I still, um, when I see a dog I don't expect to see, or there's an oh, aggressive very bark, nervous. I, I have a, a reaction to that. And I, I bet. love dogs, so that's a big difference and change for me. But I didn't realize how badly I was injured. The dog would lunge and bite, and then herd us. It was some kind of Australian Shepherd mix, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't let us walk away. Uh, eventually a man who was walking along the trail came and got this branch, practically this enormous stick out of the woods and came and like kept the dog away. And then another man came out of one of the houses with a baseball bat and Mm -hmm. helped keep the dog back. And other people called the police and police and EMTs came. And, um, it was only then that I could calm down enough to really look at, there was just blood pouring down my arm, dripping all over the, the, you know, so, um, I did go to the emergency room and uh, had a, the series of rabies shots. Those aren't fun. Nope. They put the shot right in the wound. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yep. It's no <clears throat> longer in your stomach. It's as close to the wound as they can get it. So I had to have two shots in my elbow, which is not known to be a very fleshy area. No, that's got to be terrible. <laughs> very unpleasant. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, no, that that's a horrible story. Like I said, that's that's like nightmare fuel for people that, you know, come across any dog anywhere you know, for the most part, I mean, you know, 99 out of 100 times, dog's fine. It's friendly. Yep. Even if it shows to be a little bit aggressive, they don't generally attack. Right. That's crazy that this thing just went right after you guys and was actually biting you. My God. And I, I think it's because it's of like the way me, it was I'm treated. like squeamish about it. Like, yep. I, because I have, I, like I said, I walk that trail all the time. I've always taken whatever dogs I've had down mm-hmm. that area. And we have had dogs that were a little... Like, I feel like they could have gone aggressive had we been aggressive. Um, But this one, I tried everything I knew about managing dogs, and this dog wouldn't calm down. Mm. It was aggressive right from the start and stayed that way until 
the guy with the stick came to our rescue. Yeah, I was going to say that whoever that did you ever like you don't have to say his name, but did you find out who it was? Yes, only because we um, had gone, my friend and I, my friend who also, she tried to get in between to let me take my dog away and uh, the dog bit her too. Oh my God. Um, so uh, the we went to a hearing for the woman, the dog owner, uh, um, and the man with the stick was uh, one of the witnesses and okay. then one of the neighbors was there too. So we had a chance to talk to them and I had a chance to thank them, which I- you Yeah, know, I was going to say, I'm was glad sure to be able very to do grateful. That. Yeah. 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 That, that's a heroic moment. I mean, you know, coming to someone's aid like that. Absolutely. Because you know, if he wasn't there, I mean, it could have just kept going on. Yep. And in direct opposition to that guy, hmm? there was a man on a bike who rode right past us. Are you serious? Right past us as, as three feet away from me, made <laughs> eye contact with me while he rode his bike right by me. He's just like, nope. Nope. Just <laughs> kept on <Wow>. going. <laughs> So, just couldn't be bothered, huh? Nope. He apparently was, you know, timing himself for a race or something. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Who does that? Yeah, that guy. That's who. <laughs> there ha- okay, this guy, I mean, I don't know if he listens to our show or not, but he's got to be out there somewhere. And do you think he, like, for, for a moment he thought maybe I should go back or he was just like, no. Nope. <laughs> I'd like, <laughs> just I'd like to, just in terms of believing in humanity, I'd like uh, to think he had that thought. <laughs> right. God, that's, I don't know. Like, I, how can he just like pack his bike up when he's done? Like, like he didn't see anything. Yeah, just like, woo, good ride today. Yeah, hope everything was going good with that girl, those girls and that dog out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's an awful lot of blood down there. Don't know what that was about. <laughs> I'd have jumped off that bike so fast. Oh my God. So do you do anything differently now? Like, do you still take the dog to the bike trail? I do. Um, I carry pepper spray now. I was going to say, like, yeah. I would hope you have something to defend yourself. Yep. That's a great option too. I mean, yep. you know, hindsight, obviously, if, if you had that with you. Yeah, well... So what ended up happening, I had um, my dog's leash in one hand and Mm. she had gone behind me and I had her harness in the other hand. So I didn't actually have my hands free. Oh. Um, But had I had my pepper spray on me, my friend could have taken it out of my pocket and used it. Well, yeah. Because I was with someone. Um, But yeah, and I didn't have my cell phone with me either. I never used to carry that. So now I carry my phone and it's, it's gel pepper spray. It's pepper gel. So there's no blowback. But Oh, nice. Yeah. Just goops them right in the eyes. That's huh? right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, I should probably, uh, I mean, never know. I mean, we know everybody on this. We, we walk our dogs up and down this road here, and, and we know the dogs, but you never know when there's going to be one that you don't know. Yeah, it could be a stray. It could be a bear. I mean, where we live, the wildlife is just <sighs> as much of an issue as the I am, people. So. I have such bear phobia. Like, and you know what's crazy, too, about, about bears? Not, not, you know, them specifically, but but the sounds you hear in the woods, chipmunks will often sound like it's 300 pounds uh-huh. <laughs> and it freaks me out. I turn around, I'm like, oh my God, what is that? And I see this little chipmunk or, or, you know, squirrel bouncing around. Bears are rather quiet. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. Mm-hmm. You won't hear them coming until they're moving like fast. Yep. Uh, yeah. So no, I, I just have a horrible, horrible fear of, of crossing paths with a bear. If I take a walk to the woods, uh, I literally will, my wife will make fun of me. I'll grab a couple flat rocks. <laughs> and I'll just be smacking them together. Like, hey, bear. Hey, bear. We do that, too. We <laughs> make a lot of noise. Bear. Yes, yeah, hey so I don't want to be, yeah. like, walking all delicately. I want them to hear me coming so they leave. Yep, same. You need to get some bear spray. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you, uh, you know, you su- survived the situation. Well, thank you. Me uh, too. <laughs> you didn't come out, you know, uninjured. But uh, at least it wasn't, you know, life-threatening or anything like that. It could have been a lot worse. Could've Had been. I not pulled back when it lunged at my face, that oh. would have been a very different experience. It would have. Yeah. So I'm glad you're sitting here with me. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you. 
Yeah. So, all right, let's move on to something a little lighter. Okay. Uh, but I, I said, I never really heard the full story and I kind of wanted to hear it. And I'm glad you told me. Yeah. I did clear it in advance, everybody, just so you know. He didn't He didn't just spring <laughs> that on me. No worries. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, I got a doozy for well, you. Well, here's some trauma. You <laughs> <Yeah>. ready? <laughs> okay. So let's jump into the book. I, uh, again, the book is called The Word Smiths. You can find it uh, online. You can buy it mm-hmm. on, you can get it from Amazon, right? Amazon, um, Barnes & Noble, mm-hmm. and you can buy it directly from the Hollow Oak Press website, which is hollowoakpress.com. Do you have a um, preference? Buying it from Hollow Oak Press is buying it directly from me. Okay. So um, I think because you know you know Amazon, oh, I yeah. think that the, you know the cost is about the same. Uh-huh. But um, when you buy it from me, I'll give you a free bookmark. There you go. Yeah, which mine's on <laughs> mine's on my kitchen table. I forgot to bring it out here. <laughs> yeah, it was a little cute little little Hollow Oak Press. I like the little leaves on it. Oh, thank yeah. you. Um, but yeah, so let's uh, let's jump into the book. I started reading it, and I, I got to be honest, I am I'm a slow reader. All right, it takes me a while. I'm a better audiobook uh, customer. We've talked about this a little bit. <laughs> Hopefully that comes to you know fruition sometime in the future. But anyway, tell me a little bit about the book. You, we started talking about it before we recorded, and the way it's laid out is is actually different than what I thought it might have been. So kind of give me the rundown of how this book plays out because it's re- it's even more interesting to me now <laughs> that I know how it goes. Like I'm excited to read the whole thing. All right. So, um, so this is a high concept anthology. So the novel, um, the main story was written by me and Scott Richards, and then um, there are eight characters in the book that also tell stories. The stories the characters tell were written by other authors. Yes, yeah. and that, that's where I didn't know because like I started reading and where I got in the book was where they started discussing bringing these stories back. Ah, yes. I didn't realize that the stories that they write in the book are actually in the book. Yes. Like yes. so so all their short stories they they bring back you can read them and they're just are they all together or are they kind of clumped into the story as they are brought back? They're in the narrative of the book. So as the characters as the days go on for the characters, when they tell the story in in story time, yeah. in the you know real time of the novel, mm-hmm. that's when the story is in the narrative. That's so exciting! A story within a story. A story within a story. That's yes. so that's such a creative way to do it. Thank you. Yeah, like well done. I, I have never seen this done before. I've seen anthologies done in in various ways. Mm-hmm. The um, I had read one a while back where um, the author wrote everything within the context like this, where there were people who were brought together to tell stories, but he wrote all the stories. This, this gets to showcase other authors and you get to have a feel of a different style mm-hmm. within all these other stories. Yeah. So that said, what I haven't really been talking much about um, is that there are two different ways to read this book. You can read it cover to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're somebody who has um, a, an attention span like mine, <laughs> or mine, yeah, <laughs> and it's hard sometimes to go from style to style mm-hmm. and stay engaged, you can read any of the short stories out of order by themselves. They stand alone, okay. and then you can also read the main novel um, by itself without the short stories cut into it, because the short stories don't change or affect the plot. Of the novel, okay. So you know, it's set up that you would read it cover to cover. But if you know, if that's that that's taxing on your attention span, you, know, you I can almost, read it the other way. I almost wonder if the if the best order would be to <clears throat> like read the short stories. 
So you have read them all. And then so you don't get unengaged from the novel to then go back and just read the novel part the whole way through, oh, skipping past. So you already know what the story was, but you don't get distracted by reading the short story, then going back to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's my, I might do it that way. Okay. Report, yeah. report back. I will. know how that goes. <laughs> like it was amazing. <laughs> Uh, so I, uh, not right now, but here shortly, I, I am going to have you read like, uh, a couple few paragraphs just to kind of give people an idea of what this book sounds like. Okay. Uh, and obviously I'll have you set it up to what you're about to read and, you know, you know, what, what happened prior to this to why you're about to read this part. But anyway, yeah. before we do that though, I do want to talk about kind of the process of, you know, putting out a novel, like how hard was that? Like very hard. I was going to say, like, I couldn't even imagine, like, we're, I'm, of course I'm not in that space. Like I'm not in that world to where I wouldn't even know where to begin, uh, let alone writing one versus getting one published. And then it's on, on different platforms such as Amazon, you know, to purchase and the print, like it's a physical book. It's sitting mm -hmm. right here on the desk. Yep. So give me a little bit about how that, that whole thing went down. Cause I had to be I don't even want to say fun, but it had to be uh, <laughs> Parts of it were anxiety. Very fun. I'm sure some of it was. I'm sure a lot of it was like anxiety inducing. Yes, some of it was. So, um, oh, where to start with this? So I had been writing for a while and had the background of what some of this looked like already, mm -hmm. which helped because I can't imagine picking this up, not knowing anything and just saying, you know what, I'm going to write a book. It was a lot to, to learn. Um, so I started this process with an idea and then um, the Oil City Arts Council had mm. a creative ventures grant that they put out. So that is important because it put us on a very strict timeline. Okay. Because we had a grant to account for. So um, when we started um, taking submissions for the short fiction within the book, um, that was back in February of this year. This is what we talked this about. This is what we talked about before. Yeah, okay. So the okay. submission process, that's how we narrowed down to the stories that are in this book. All making sense now. Yeah, okay. all fits together. <laughs> yeah, all right. So then um, Scott and I wrote the story around the short stories, and um, we didn't start, we had a concept, but we didn't start writing it until we knew what the short stories were that mm -hmm. were chosen. That way we could be true to the character telling the story. Right. Like if it was some bubbly girl that was like, it wouldn't make sense if she was writing some like horribly depressing, you know, exactly. Like, yeah. So no, exactly. I get that. Yeah. So it's, there's, you know, some context in terms of the character. Um, and then we, we wrote a novel in a very short amount of time. I, it, it, because of the, because we had to wait for the submission call to be over and the stories to be chosen. And then we had to have it done and, uh, in time to be edited. And then the interior design of the book to be done to get it out for printing, to mm. get it back in time for when the book launched. It was a very short amount of time. That part was very anxiety provoking. <laughs> How many late nights did you have and early oh, mornings? So many. Yeah. And so Scott lives in Birmingham, um, in England. So he's five hours ahead of me. Yeah, so I was gonna say, what's the time difference there? He would he would be able to work on the story before while I was still sleeping. Right. So then I would get up and uh, you know on a weekend, then I would pick like, up where he. Like that's kind of what I got done so far. And yeah, yeah. And, so he, and he wakes up and finds stuff that you that I had done. Okay. Yeah. So kind of leapfrogging in that way. Kind of maybe worked out actually because you guys did. can almost essentially <laughs> like work around the clock almost. Yeah, almost, <laughs> yeah. almost. Um, and uh, and then so he would. We fell into a groove. We had not co-written before. Mm -hmm. um, he is the editor in chief of Humor Me magazine, which I've talked about. Yeah. 
before. Um, that's how we met, but we hadn't co-written before. So, um, we fell into a groove of, we would talk about kind of generally where we thought the story was headed and then he would build the scaffolding of the story Mm -hmm. and then I would come back and fill it in. Okay. So I was looking for, um, regional detail. Uh, the story is, set in an area very similar to Northwestern Pennsylvania. It like doesn't it. specifically stay. It does say that it's in Pennsylvania, but it mm. doesn't really, it's a made up town. Um, so I added all of those details. It's like um, oil schmitty. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> There's a restaurant in here that I think you'll recognize. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm excited. So, um, so we turned the story around pretty quickly and then, um, my, the Jess Ritchie is the one who edited the, both the short stories and then the whole book. Um, she did the copy editing. She did that remarkably fast Mm -hmm. because we did not give her much time. And then the interior design was another piece that, um, Austin Gray, who is the author of one of the short stories inside. Oh, and Jess also designed the cover. So that's the four of us are the team, the Hollywood team. Thank you. I do too. She did a great job with it. Yeah. Um, so then Austin did the interior design for us. Um, we had all these things. We, we, I mean, we, none of us had done this before. So we had all these things we didn't expect, um, questions that came up like, well, what do you think about this? Or we need a design for the numbers at the bottom of the page. We hadn't thought oh, about yeah. that. And the, the, the chapter the, logos, the chapter things. Yep. And yeah, all these things that we just weren't really, you know, necessarily as prepared. Now we know. So for the next one, we'll, we'll know what to do with those things to have them done ahead of time. But hey, I'm sure probably a heck of a learning experience. Oh, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. But we did it. And then the printer took a little longer than I expected. Um, there were a couple of issues that we had to resolve and then up, re-upload a file. So we got the physical copies of this book days before the launch event that we had oh in my person. Gosh. It was so stressful. I'll bet. Yeah. Usually <laughs> watching the tracking, make sure nothing goes wrong. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. So, so the whole time you're writing the book, or I'm sorry, leading up to writing the book, mm-hmm. you were, you were gathering those short stories yes. and, and weeding through hundreds of stories. I'm sure. 338. That's a lot. <laughs> so many. <laughs> During that process, like I'm sure, was everybody involved in that? Yes. Trying to go through all, all those. All four of us read. Yeah. Now, did you do justice and read every word, or could you tell pretty quickly in the in, in the matter of maybe a page or two, uh, or a few paragraphs, if a story was going to be worthy or not? We. So you can start to kind of figure it out pretty quick. You're like, mm, I can see where it's going. We're, like, so we're all we are all writers who have gone through the process of submitting, mm-hmm. and you always want to think that an editor is reading your whole story. So we right. all started this process out reading the whole story, even if we knew it wasn't going to be something we were going to use. We were trying to honor the author. Sure, yeah, yeah. And we did not keep that up. The, there were too many submitted to be able to do that. Yeah, and so and some of them. So we had specific guidelines for Mm -hmm. the stories, um, like minimum, maximum word count. So stories that were submitted that were outside the guidelines, we wouldn't read because they didn't meet what we were looking for. Okay. And figure that out pretty quick. Yeah, that was pretty quick. And then some of them just, just had the wrong feel. There was a feel of vibe we were looking for for this. And so we did, we did end up turning away some phenomenal stories. They just didn't. It may not be because it was 
poorly written. It just right. didn't fit. So right. yeah, okay, yep. that makes sense. Yeah, but those are the ones you want to finish. Yeah. So there were ones that I read and loved and was and like you definitely knew, needed to read the whole thing, but I knew I wouldn't. You knew use it wouldn't it, go in the book, but I wanted to read it. Well, that's yeah. a, that's a good sign. Yeah. Like, and uh, the, the, in the rejection emails, I tried to be clear about that with those authors to say, you know, I really liked this. Here's what I liked about it. Mm-hmm. Please submit to oh us again. God. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I had to. I had to send a rejection email to. 332 of yeah. these people. Because two of these stories were written by two of the Hollow Oak team members. So we only chose six uh, out of the ones okay. submitted by other people. So That is crazy. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot, lot. of rejection. <sighs> did you at least start a template? I did, <laughs> I yes. Say, I writing to. that from scratch oh. would, be, yeah. would be tricky. Yeah, but no, that, oh, I, I didn't even think about that part of the process is like just having to go through all the submissions and, and rejections and letting people know. You can't just leave them. Yeah. You can't ghost them and... Nope. You had to let them know. And then saving the last ones because, um, I had two on deck. Mm-hmm. So there were the six we wanted yeah. and then two kind of runners up in case one of the six, um, in my acceptance email, I laid out the concept of the book because there could have been a chance. One of the short story authors wouldn't have been okay with their story being told in a context like this. Right. Because if you look in the, in the pages of the book, the short story authors names aren't on the story itself. Okay. They're in the front and the back. I saw, I saw them in the back. Yeah. yeah. So I had to be sure that they were okay with that um, before I could send them a contract. And they all were. So then I ended up having to reject the other two that I had set aside as, you know, the, the runners up. But that's and, amazing. And I had to write the contracts. I had got a crash course in con- contractual. <laughs> now, when they get their stories rejected, they still have the story yes. that they wrote. What do yeah. they do with it then? They just hang on to it? Can Submit they it to other places. Other places? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can take. So I I didn't get into the business of constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. I just feel like a rejection is already such a bummer. Oh yeah. Um, but sometimes I know for me, when I've submitted short fiction, um, I try to read between the lines of what they said they liked and what they didn't mention. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I'll edit a story before I send it out again. Oh, okay. uh, these, these other authors may not have done that. We, um, in publishing, a lot of places won't allow you to um, simultaneously submit stories. They'll only accept submissions if they're the only one considering it at that time. Oh. I hate that. So as a publisher, I chose not to do that and allowed simultaneous submissions. So a lot of the authors may have had it out at other places too. And I wish them the best of luck with getting it accepted at any of those other places. It, it would it would cause a problem if it got picked up somewhere else and then you're like, I love it. And you're like, sorry. Yep. Somebody yep. else took it. That happened on two stories I did hear before we were able to respond um, from uh, authors who said this got picked up somewhere. So. Yeah. Would it be, I wonder if you could take them. I mean, it's so many. If there was enough good ones, you could even like put together a, a short story book of a, whatever they call it, like a, you know, 15 different short stories yep. you know, just to read. Yeah, um, it's a it's a tricky thing because I I don't know that we'll do another submission call that would be as close to what this submission call was right. that we would attract the same stories. But yeah, that's that would be a whole other project. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> uh, one more question, and then yeah. I'm going to have you read a part of this for us. When you first started taking all these submissions for the short stories that are in the book, was it always in the plan 
to write the novel around these stories. Yes. Okay. I didn't know if it was like it kind of turned into that or if that was always the plan from nope, day that one. That was always the plan. Okay. Um, so my vision for Hollow Oak Press is that um, we will put out one high concept anthology per year. Okay. So um, this one was this style where it was the campfire tales concept yeah. where it was characters telling stories within the narrative. The next one is a puzzle anthology. Um, the submission call will be going out this weekend. Oh, no We're kidding. looking for plot twist mystery stories. Okay. Okay, right. with that magical speculative element. And then it will be a book of just short stories. There won't be a novel around it, but the whole book itself will be a puzzle to solve. So I'll write an introduction to the book that mm. lays out a question that the reader then has to not only read the stories, but also look for clues to solve the puzzle that is the whole book itself. You got to have some real attention. Attention to detail. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's a very different concept. That one won't be able to be uh, an ebook. This one's not an ebook yet. Uh, that uh, We do have plans to, to do that, but the next one will have to be a physical book because a lot of the clues will be within the interior design of the book. Yeah. Hopefully an audiobook someday, like I mentioned before. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I do love my audiobooks. <laughs> so, all right. I'm going to hand you the book. Okay. And you can uh, find your spot there. Find my spot. All right. So kind of set, set me up here with, uh, you know, the, the portion of the book here you're about to read. And, and don't, it's not going to be a 10-minute read here. She's just going to read it. Uh, It'll be quick. <laughs> uh, what are we about to hear? What led up to what you're about to read? This is uh, near the very beginning of the book. Um, all of the characters came back together. They were old high school friends who hadn't seen each other in 20 years. They came back um, for the funeral of a teacher. and um, Mr. Mack. Mr. Mack. Yeah. And they're going to um, tell another round of stories like they used to in high school. So um, this section that I'm going to read sets up the tension of the book because mm -hmm. it's, it's not just a book of characters telling stories. It, there's a thriller element to the main story. Nice. Okay. Okay. I'm excited. All right. Um, so the two characters you're going to be hearing are Kat, who is the main character, the point of view character, and then Cole, who is one of the other um, friends in the, in the book. Okay. Okay. Anywhere else we could meet? What's wrong? We can't meet in there. Maybe the library or something. Maybe it'll work in a different room. Maybe it's been us the whole time. Kat wrinkled her nose. Cole, stop it. You know it won't work anywhere else. Only a few hours ago, he'd lamented how hard it was to be back here, and now this bit of immaturity? Kat rolled her eyes at the joke. I'm not kidding, Kat. Someone's been in there. Kat gave him a long look, the face of the boy she'd known underneath the weathered expression of the man standing with her now. His mouth, a pressed line slashed across his face, had no playful smirk at the edges. She drew back from the door. What do you mean? Cole pulled the door open with one hand, and the hinges groaned. The single hanging bar light glowed in a pale imitation of the bright sunshine that preceded the dusk outside. Kat blinked a couple of times in the hope what she saw would somehow blend into the sharp shadows cast by the storage shelves on either side of the wall. Between them, welcome back wordsmiths had been scrawled in dripping spray paint above nine photos. All eight of them, as teenagers, smiled back at Kat from the dingy wall. In the center, a ninth teenager, her face, framed by two thick French braids, shone with a carefree smile as though she'd been mid-laugh when the photo had been taken. The photo had been burned into Kat's memory. The last time she'd seen it had been between two huge arrangements of flowers at a devastating funeral. Cassie. 
Dude, I cannot wait for the audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> I was just getting lost right there. I'm like, ah, oh, this is what I want. <laughs> I want you to read me the book. <laughs> well, clear your schedule. <laughs> yes. Ah, oh, yes. Uh, it makes it sound so much better than my my voice in my head. <laughs> oh man, thank you for doing that though. I know sure. it's like it's weird. It it's weird. weird to read my words your own words, out yeah. loud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. Um, but our no. words, our words, well, yeah, yeah. my words. <laughs> yeah. So, but again, congratulations for you know making a like you wrote a book. Like it's insane. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's, it's sitting in front of me, and it's just so weird. How excited were you? Oh, so excited when this showed up and you opened them up and saw your like your physical book in your hands like it was probably so so exciting it was surreal and and all that anxiety of are these gonna get here on time overshadowed how excited i was until i opened the carton yes the one of three cartons mm -hmm. of all of these books and got to hold that book in my hands and flip through it oh it just just made it so so cool yeah so cool yeah (laughs) yeah that's got to be really 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 exciting uh all all the stress and everything just probably left your body for a moment it did yeah it did when you finally got to hold it in your hands yep that's crazy (laughs) (laughs) uh but okay so moving moving a little bit forward uh past the actual uh book itself you took a trip to birmingham Mm -hmm. and this was to meet up with your co-author yes uh what's his name one more time scott richards scott okay i want to hear a little bit about this because i've never been and I can only imagine how amazing it probably was. I know my wife really wants to go, uh, you know, and just, I don't know, just get the experience, the, the culture difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've, we've been to other countries, but, you know, they're generally brief. Mm-hmm. You know, last, we were like, it's touristy stuff, you know what I mean? Sure, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't think we've felt the real experience of places. And I'm sure you did touristy things. A few, yeah. Yeah, but being there for nine days, I'm sure you got to just kind of be there, you know? Yeah, and that's what I was after, just to be there. Yeah. I um, I don't prefer touristy things in general. I like to um, experience what it's like to live in a new place. Even I, when I, I travel how, in the U.S., that's how I like to travel. I feel like that's how certain horror movies start. That probably <laughs> is. It's it's the alleyways I didn't choose to go down. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start those stories. Like, yeah, we went to this, uh, you know, this big monument, and a man had decided to go behind it, <laughs> never, never to be seen again. again. <laughs> Uh, so tell me a little bit about the experience. Like, uh, we don't have to get into like the flight and stuff. We don't have, you know, bad that can suck. But how, what was it like just just being there? Why did you go? Like, I know you went there to go see Scott. Yeah. So actually, I had planned this trip before I knew he was going to co-author this book with me. Mm. And we'd been friends. So it was, um, it felt a little less intimidating to travel overseas by myself to go somewhere where I knew someone who knew the area. So I was able to say, is this Airbnb in a safe place or any restaurant recommendations, you know, early into the planning of this trip. But then, um, you know, writing a book together, you do tend to get to know each other a little bit better. And as we became better friends and got closer, it became more like in the beginning it was, Hey, maybe we could meet up for coffee at some point. And then it became, I can't wait to meet you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exciting. It was, yeah, it was pretty cool the way that that worked out. But so Birmingham is the second largest city in England. Okay. So it was a very large 
place. And I only saw a piece of it. I stayed um, in city center. So where I was, I was next to the theater district and there was an LGBTQ area mm-hmm. that um, was right there. And then Chinatown. So I was kind of at the, at a, like a, there's a Chinatown. There's a Chinatown. No kidding. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. With the, I stayed in an Airbnb that was in this apartment building and the front door to the apartment building opened out into this like Chinatown area. So that was probably pretty, pretty, did you go check out Chinatown? I walked through a couple of the areas. Okay. I mean, it was, it seemed kind of small. It was probably bigger than the, what I saw. Okay. I was right next to a very large shopping area called the bull ring and I would walk around over there. I just, I walked a lot. I'd walked in increasingly large concentric circles, so I didn't get lost. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So the, uh, you mentioned too about, you know, picking an Airbnb in a safe place mm-hmm. is, is like, like any big city there, you, there are bad parts. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Like, I know. Like when you think of, you know, going over, uh, you think it's like this amazing, like everybody's like so jovial and just so nice over there. I take it there, there are bad spots. Like you said, like the, you stay out of this area. Really? There, I would imagine, I didn't see any of this, but there's But you were recommended. Time. Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah, there were, yeah, there was definitely some, oh, you don't want to stay in that okay. area. That's not really that a great area. That is some useful information. So absolutely, because I would have just been looking at, what does it cost? Yeah, exactly. And, but, you know, the cheaper ones are obviously going to, something's wrong yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, that's always my question too, when we, whenever we travel somewhere, if we're getting an Airbnb or even a hotel for that matter, uh, what's the area like? And if we mm-hmm. happen to know anybody that lives in that general area, we're going to ask. It's nice to have a resource like that. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm just such a nervous Nelly about staying somewhere. I see. I think my problem is I've seen too many scary movies. Yep. That'll do it. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, especially ones that revolve around Airbnb, you know, stuff like that, that, you know, uh, you, know, you get murdered or some creepy thing in the basement. You know, you never know. Like it just freaks me <laughs> out. But anyway. I felt very safe there. So for as large as the city was, where I was, was very populated. There were a lot of restaurants and mm. pubs right around there. Was um, the food amazing? There was a lot of, oh, amazing. Yeah. Right. Amazing. <laughs> British food gets a bad rap. And I'm here to tell you that, that I don't know why. It's not fair. It's delicious. Crumpets yeah. are incredible. It's a bunch of nonsense that we got English muffins and not crumpets. What's the difference? Crumpets are delightful. Yeah. So English, mu- English well, muffins are like dry, kind of, uh, you know, uh, you toast them. and. Is this crumpet that you bought, is it something you bought from the local grocery and took it back and made? Or did yes. you? Oh, are you serious? Yep. I thought it was like fresh crumpets. I was going to say, that's nope. not a good comparison. And and because of my dietary restrictions, mm-hmm. it was also gluten-free. Oh, yeah. And gluten-free stuff is not delicious, yeah, generally and this was? speaking. And this was amazing. It was a gluten-free crumpet I bought at a grocery store that I made in the Airbnb oven. Wow. It was delicious. Wow. They're, they're like soft one. inside and they get crispy on the outside. You melt butter on them and wow. oh, they're amazing. Like, what's, they're that, amazing. what's that cookie called? The, so uh... good, it almost made me a little <laughs> mad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, maybe, okay. We're used to the American English muffin that you buy off the Walmart shelf or whatever. Yeah. I think to, to make this comparison legit, you need to get like, is there an English muffin over there? Yes. Oh, okay. Did you try both? I did not. I did not try an English, (laughs) English muffin, Okay, but a crumpet is a different thing. Right. And it is, it is far superior. I don't know why I'm so defensive about English muffins. <laughs> <laughs> I like English muffins. The a, a crumpet 
it, I guess it's a, I guess the closest thing we have to compare it to would is be an English, English muffin. muffin, but it is a different, it's a different thing. It's very good. Yeah. Well, you got very me wanting to crumpet. <laughs> yeah. What else did you try over there that was like amazing? What, uh, like what's the big difference as far as like just cultural differences maybe that you noticed? Uh, so here now this might be partly, you know, the difference between rural and urban areas, mm -hmm. but I've noticed generally in America, even in cities that I've been in, mm -hmm. Americans smile a lot and want to tell me their whole life story. Yeah. Just, you make fleeting eye contact and then, and suddenly I know that their son's in jail and what happened to their dog last year. That's America. Yeah. Over there, none of that. No one did that to me. Not once. Everybody was polite right. and nice and kind, but it was very transactional. Like they just, it was whatever we needed to do and it was done and that was it. They had this kind of polite detachment, okay. which really was kind of nice. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's not that I don't like small town friendly America because I do. I, I mean, they I just live here, but. They just don't find the need for small talk. Right. Yes. Yes. Small talk in that way that, you know, you go to the grocery store and then it's 10 more minutes at the grocery store because I can't get away from the cashier. Yeah. That didn't happen there. Or you happen to get behind somebody in line that's like super chatty as you're waiting. Yeah. To go, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it just seems like that's just not part of the culture there. And people weren't rude, but it, it was just a really different It's just way how to they do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, and there's no like, no one feels awkward for not talking. Yep. But exactly. we do. We do here. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Everybody was polite and friendly enough, but not so overly friendly that you get stuck in a conversation. That is the worst. It is the worst. I feel like I'm guilty of doing that sometimes, though, because it's our culture, and I just feel the need that I need to. I do it too. Break the awkward silence. Yep, I do. I do it too because it's what's expected here, I guess. But yeah. that was a big. That was a big. It felt different. Yeah, you probably took a little getting used to. It like did. you were doing something wrong. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Anything else? <laughs> um. So. Well, you might. When I cut this out, can I, if I can talk about this? So being, I felt safe in public. There okay. are, there's no, can no. I talk about that? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah, okay. So um, I noticed mm -hmm. that I did not have that same feeling of uh, when you're in a crowd here, how you just are aware of the exits and situational awareness of who has what and noticing that people are armed. That was not the case there. I didn't, I didn't feel uncomfortable in a crowd at all. Mm -hmm. And there was a point that I was walking on a pretty busy street and a car made a noise and I jumped, mm -hmm. but no one else did. Oh, so, so just the way we live. Yes. That fear of being shot in public right, yeah. was not something that I experienced there. And I noticed after a few days, I noticed that that feeling had changed. Not even the police were armed. Mm -hmm. What? No, that's, that's weird. Yeah. Even so the police there had brightly colored like, reflective vests on and, and I like thought, yeah. Okay. And I thought they were security guards mm -hmm. because of the reflective vests. They were the police. So okay. they are highly visible and they're just sort of around and they're intended to be visible because they're supposed to be there to help you. So like everywhere, I just noticed where the police were, the cars, the police cars have that same reflective, highly visible. Do you, I wonder if there's like a different level of like how we have like our police officers and then we have like SWAT. You know, like, do they have like those guys who are just, you know, there with a club in case something gets a little disorderly? Yes. There, and then they have a like, different level because at one point, um, Scott and I were together and there were, um, like vans, I guess that mm -hmm. went by that had sirens. And he said, those are the ones, those are the ones that are armed. Yeah. Those that, are the ones th they're that on their way to respond up. to something. Yeah. Something happened. Okay. And those are the ones going to 
take care of it in a more aggressive way. But just the police that were just around, it was a different feel. It was interesting. It was an interesting cultural difference. That is interesting because I don't think we could do that here. I, it, our culture, I think is, our culture so, is too violent. Yeah. 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 It would take, I can't even imagine how long it would take to shift our culture hundreds of away years. from that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Cause it's been, well, we haven't even been here for hundreds of years. Yeah, so it, 200 and some. Yeah. I don't think it, maybe, maybe not quite that long, but maybe the course of like, you know, 20 years. Yeah. You know, to at maybe least see a, a probably shift. generation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 30, uh, 30 years yeah. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, was know, a, a, it was a very interesting cultural difference. <laughs> hundreds of years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Centuries. <laughs> I think we can evolve a little quicker than that. Um, <laughs> but uh, so they drive on the other side of the road. Yes, that was weird. So yeah. I did not drive while I was over there. I'd I feel like not. I would have wrecked And the steering everything. wheels are on the other side of the car. Yes. Yeah. So we, did, So I rode in Ubers. And oh my God, how weird was it sitting, on the, like having the driver on the other side? Yes. <laughs> and then sitting in the back of the Uber mm -hmm. with the driver on the other side. And then I was aware of it and kind of paying attention to how weird it was. Mm -hmm. And then I'd start like just looking around, you know, and then kind of forget and then catch a car out of the corner of my eye coming down the other way. It like freaks out for that, a second. Like, like, oh, yeah. God, oh yeah. no, we're going to get in. Oh, they're <laughs> supposed to be there. <laughs> and some of the roads are very narrow. There were a couple times the Ubers turned onto roads that I thought, that's that's a sidewalk. That can't be a road. Oh, like that road. Yeah. Wow. These narrow little. They look like alleys, but they're roads. And they're just honking people to move. They just just drive down it. People just move out of the way. Yeah. No one's banging on the hood like freaking out. Nope. No. Like they no. went around here. Walking yeah, in. Yeah. None of that. Yeah. None of that. <laughs> just all all polite and kind. <laughs> Sounds like a great place to live. Really. It was a really comfortable culture, um, and like I said when we were talking about traveling before it was the first time I felt like maybe I could stay here normally I feel like I'm ready to go home okay like there's a lot of homesick yeah and I was obviously very much missing my kid and my dog right but I didn't um I don't know I I just I, I liked it there yeah well okay as far as like the you know cost of living it's hard to gauge as far as like you go anywhere in, in you go out to eat some, some places, it's hard to judge exactly how much it costs, but did you see like a, a significant change in what you would know, like what you would expect to pay for? Of course, it's a different currency too. Yeah. I was going to say, this is a hard question to answer because I feel like every time I bought something, I was like, I literally have no idea how much I'm paying for this Okay, because it's right. in pounds. And then it asks me at the thing with my card, do you want to pay in pounds or dollars? But it doesn't give me a different amount. Like, I don't know. I guess that what, one, what is I the, uh, what is the pound versus the dollar? Like, uh, is it similar? It's not I, the, so the, the pound is more valuable. I think that's the way that works. So one pound would be like $1.3 okay, or it something is. like that. Uh, one pounds, pounds to, uh, one pound sterling. Wait. Yeah, that's right. Okay. All right. Uh, equals 1.24. Oh, I was close. Know, yeah. You're pretty darn I close. I was close. Okay, so it wasn't like wildly different. Not, but it, but different enough. Different enough. Different enough that it gave me the impression that things were cheaper there, but they weren't because they were listed in pounds. Yeah. And I was paying dollars, so uh, it's hard to say. And then city versus smaller area, mm -hmm. you know, I as far as the actual cost of living, and I also, you know, didn't didn't look at real estate. So no, no, <laughs> like not yet. Um, yeah. So I just wonder, like, if you went to, like, if you stopped in, like, a burger shop or something, and, of course, well, 
you know, you, you wouldn't be able to eat the bread. Yeah. But there were a lot of options for me over there. Though. Really? Okay. Yeah, a lot more places. A lot of places that when you first went in, the first question they asked was, how many and do you have any allergies we need to be aware of? No kidding. Yeah, which I thought, That's amazing. Why, don't, why don't we do that here? That's so kind. It is. Yeah. And, you know, it's your health. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's incredible. I guess aside from the financing, because I think it's going to be too tricky to answer. How was it just being around all the accents? Because like, I so. love the <laughs> accent. And yeah. was it like was it was it thicker? Like where you're at, was it hard to understand? So um, Birmingham, the accent. So there are hundreds of British accents. Yeah. Um, I think the one people are most used to is that that kind of Hugh Grant yeah. accent. I, I can't I can't do it, Justin. I so. can't I can't do it. I can't <laughs> I can this would be a good time for me to be able to do accents and give you examples. But you I were there for nine that. days living I amongst know, them. I know. You didn't pick up anything? I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um Birmingham's accent is a little little bit thicker, a little mm-hmm. harder to understand sometimes. Okay. So that's that was and then it's so multicultural that you're not only dealing with a Birmingham accent, but then also sometimes other nationalities. So it's somebody who's speaking English as a second language oh, okay. and then that accent plus the Birmingham accent on top of it. I'm thinking I heard that sometimes. There were some times that I was just like I guess I don't know what you're saying. I'm sure people knew right away when you spoke. You're like, oh, absolutely! Like, oh, you a tourist? Or, hey, see, that sounds Australian. I can't. Uh, I can't do it. I'm not even gonna try. That was the last time. Uh, no shrimp on the Barbie. No. <laughs> I did one time. I was very proud of this. Mm-hmm. Um, have somebody ask me for directions? Oh, really? Yes. Were and you putting on a fake accent? I, nope. Okay. I was just walking, and I, I apparently looked like I knew where I was, even though I also really didn't know exactly where I was. This was on day eight or nine. You're getting. I was area. familiar with the area, yeah. yeah. Enough that somebody stopped me and asked me how to get somewhere. And as soon as I started talking, mm-hmm. I could see the realization on his face of like, like oh. oh, you have no idea either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you start walking around the area, not looking up and around at things. Yes. And you're just looking dead ahead. Yep. You don't look like a tourist you don't look anymore. A, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's a very touristy thing to do. It is. Yeah. And I, so I did not do a lot of touristy stuff in Birmingham. I tried to just get a feel for what it must be like to live there. But mm-hmm. then I did do a lot of touristy stuff in London. I was in London for two days oh, and okay. walked everywhere and saw all the things. So like all those big London landmarks. So yeah. that was a different experience of the country. I saw um, Buckingham Palace, uh, Big Ben, mm-hmm. um, London Bridge, the Tower of London. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm sure there was quite the variety of of people there. Like, oh, yeah. It's probably more touristy. London felt very touristy. Yeah. yeah. And actually, um, on one of the days, there was a, a, a march for Palestine. Oh. So it was one of the top 10 largest demonstrations in London's history. Really? I was like, oh, cool. All these extra people. Yeah. Great. Just get out of my way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, probably... good job protesting your thing, but right. get out of my way. <laughs> like I should have looked at the schedule before I came up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, one thing I do want to do, we're gonna we're gonna uh, move on, sort of, um, <laughs> sticking with the theme here. Though I have a few things to ask you here about uh, about your experience over there. So I talked about you kind of, you know, absorbing the culture and you know just kind of learning things. You know, you didn't pick up the accent. Nope. <laughs> but did you happen to pick up any of the? Uh, 
terminology. Uh, we're going to find out. Yeah. Right? So I have a, I have a <laughs> list of, uh, I have a list of things here. Uh, it's the, it's the American English versus British English. And a couple, like a couple examples here. Like, uh, we say, when we say apartment, they say flat. Okay. That's where we're going with this. <laughs> Vacation for us, holiday, holiday for them. Yes. And one more example here. Uh, an elevator, these are ones people already know, yep. is a lift. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to see if you know. There's like probably a hundred on here. <laughs> I, I've selected maybe, you know, a dozen or so. Okay. The, I'm going to give you the U.S., the American English uh, word first, and then I'm going to see if you know the British American equivalent. Okay, you ready? Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So the first word is Antenna. That's what we call it. Oh, believe it or not, that didn't come up on my trip. No? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. It is aerial. Really? Yes, huh. aerial. Do you know what a, uh, a bill is, like a, a bill in your hand? Like you're going to pay for something. That's what we call it. Is it a, it wouldn't be a check. A banknote. A bank, oh, oh, you don't mean like, a, okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pretend like I didn't understand that. So okay. That doesn't count against <laughs> okay, me. Okay, well. <laughs> I'll delete that one. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, <clears throat> cookie. Biscuit. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> I, for the longest time, anytime I heard people say biscuit in a, like a show, a British show, I literally thought they were talking about like what I was thinking of as a biscuit. The, the, great, British, the great British Bake Off, uh -huh. um, which is called the Great British Baking Show mm -hmm. over there, uh, confused me so much between cookie, biscuit, scone, jelly. What's jelly? Uh not what we would call. Oh, so no. it's like all these different, wait, not jelly pudding. Oh, is that see, like, look how, look yeah, how good I am at this pudding. <laughs> pudding was the one that confused me. Oh, you're going to do terrible. Yeah. This. I'm going to be awful. <laughs> Were you even there? Yeah. <laughs> I was in Franklin. <laughs> yeah. I need pictures. Prove it. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, the trunk of a car. Boot. Ah, yes. That's, I think a lot of people do know that one. Uh, a pharmacy. Chemist. That's right. Yes, yes. Well done. <laughs> uh, French fries. People know this one. Chips. That's correct. You know, I got bamboozled one time because I went to a restaurant, a local restaurant, and it said fish and chips. Oh. I yeah. was rather excited because I love French fries. Okay. Guess what I got? Actual potato chips. Actual, no. I feel like everybody in America knows fish and chips. Is I know. Fried fish and French fries. I was very upset. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. I'm who, like, I looked at my plate. I'm potato like, potato chips with fish. I'm like, why? I'm like, where are the fries? Kara's <laughs> like, my wife, she's like, calm down. She's like, it says chips. I'm like, that's not what it means. <laughs> lies, they're lies. <laughs> I'm like, I think they, I think they didn't know what it meant. They probably didn't. And they, they're like, oh, let's serve fish and chips. Clearly Look how they the chips, lays. Doritos. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. Uh, all right. So uh, let's see. A thumbtack. Oh. This is a tough one. Uh, that is a tough one. I don't know. A drawing pin. Oh, I would have never gotten that. Mm -hmm. uh, pacifier. I know this one. It's a weird. It's, uh, it does not make sense. Oh, but I know this one. Mm. I can't. I can't think of it. Dummy. A dummy. <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. I swear I did. Uh, I was before we. I told you I was going to do this. I didn't show you any of these, but I was like, I want you to use some of these in a sentence in your best British accent. <laughs> That ain't going to happen. <laughs> I thought about doing it too. Not unless you do it. Right. And your my, best Australian My accent. best Australian, yeah. Hey, mate. Uh, let's see. Uh, gar oh, a garbage collector, garbage man. Do you know what that would be called over there? I did not know this one. Bin man? 
It's a pretty good guess, but it's called a dust man. A dust man. A oh. dust man, yeah. That's... Uh, overpass. Nope, I don't know that one. A flyover. A flyover. I love the differences. Yeah. Sometimes they make like more sense. Yes. Uh, sometimes they make less sense. Yes. Uh, sneakers. Like tennis. trainers. Yes. Very yeah. good. Very good. Um, we did vacate. Uh, what do they call a vacuum cleaner? Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's the brand of one. Hoover. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, grab me the Hoover. <laughs> uh, let's see. Diaper. Oh, a diaper. I know this one too. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Uh, nope. I can't. I'll, I'll try it. My I'll try the uh, uh, English accent here. Okay. Oh my God! Here we go. I'm gonna embarrass, <laughs> I'm <gonna> embarrass myself. <laughs> oh, you grab little Billy and Nappy. Nappy. Yes. I just I thought just, of it. Yep. I saw it when it clicked. <laughs> the Nappy. Uh, the liquor store. This is. I did not know this one. Liquor store. You'll never guess if you don't know it. No, I don't know. Off license. Oh. Yeah. Nope. I've never heard that. Uh, sidewalk. Come on, someone. P- pavement? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear that over there? Yeah. Okay. Well, also, I mean, to be fair, I talk to Scott a lot <laughs> and he is British. Well, yeah, that's what so I'm saying. So some of these, I, yeah, it wasn't just from my trip. It was also like over time. When we wrote this book together, there mm. were British English words I had to pull out and Americanize. Okay. So I learned some things. So, oh, uh, so you he, wouldn't know based on my poor performance here, but <laughs> so if he was like, oh, uh, you know, she went to the post box, I would change it to, to mailbox. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. So, uh, my favorite example is in he had written in they were outside, the characters are outside, mm-hmm. and he had said they put something on the floor, and I was like, I thought they were outside. But he, he there, said floor. But there, everything is the floor. Whether oh, it's not the ground, the ground versus the floor. Versus the floor. Okay. Yeah. But for us, floor would be inside or like forest floor. But this was a parking lot, which would also not be called a parking lot. It would be called a car park. A car park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which they actually, that's what they call like, that's what they call the spot you park to. The car park. Car park. Yeah. <laughs> and they call the parking lot the car park. The car park. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well just get good use out of that term. Yeah. Like, let's just sum up yeah, all the of this. Thing. The whole thing. The whole thing. A couple more here. Everybody, I think, knows potato chips. Yes, I'm sure. Crisps. You know, yes, yeah. crisps. Yeah. I did not for a long time. Um, let's see. A, a, a pantyhose. Nope, I don't know that one. Tights. Tights. Yeah, oh, just okay, tights. Just tights. Uh, candy. Sweets. Mm, yes. A uh, couple, I'll do like a few more here. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, a, str- a stroller. Uh, oh, um, is it a push chair? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. I never, <laughs> I never guess that. That's really good. <laughs> Grab me the push chair. Um, flashlight. Torch. Mm-hmm. Uh, shorts. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Nope. Underpants. Underpants. <laughs> that would be confusing. <laughs> yeah. P- and pan- pants are a different thing. Yeah. Trousers, I think. Trousers yeah. are pants. Pants are underwear. Yeah. Uh, windshield. I should know this one. I can't. I don't know that I'm going to remember it, but. Windscreen. Windscreen. I knew there was a different. That's term, so weird. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Those are fun. Like I said, there's probably 80 more on oh, there. Oh, so many. There's so yeah, many different. so many. Uh, but yeah, so that was actually pretty fun. Um. Yeah, so anything you want to end the show with? I think we're actually about at the hour marks. So we're going to wrap up here shortly. Mm. 
So much pressure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think we covered That's it. That's it? Okay. That's it. That is it. Goodbye. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Thank you so much for coming out Thank and still doing this, me. even though Joe couldn't make it. Uh, so, yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next Monday. Bye.